Welcome to episode 80 of Therese Talk. I'm your host, Therese Main. By day, I co-host a morning radio show on a network in New York and Pennsylvania. By night, I'm a podcaster. If you're a woman like me who loves Jesus and just wants to serve her family and community a little bit better, you're in the right place. It's a role often unseen but deeply influential, the role of a mother. When you look at successful families, you often find a sweet, quiet spirit in the shadows. That is the case with Helen Smallbone. You probably know her daughter, Rebecca St. James, or her sons, Luke and Joel of For King and Country. They're just three of her seven kids. And then there's her husband, David, who is also prominent in the Christian music world. Cheering them all on is a woman filled with grace and determination. She's the focus of the upcoming movie, Unsung Hero. She's also the author of the book, Behind the Lights, which tells the incredible story of her family's move from Australia to the American music scene. Helen, did you ever think you would be the one with your face on a book cover? No, no, (laughs) never never in a million years, just not me. No. You've always kind of been the behind the scenes mom, but anyone would say that you certainly have had great influence. You're kind of the rudder for this incredible family. In some ways, that's true. And frankly, it's interesting that you use that analogy because I have in the past viewed the family a bit like a ship, you know, God's the captain, and then you've probably got the husband sort of steering the ship. But what actually directs the ship on its course is the rudder. And uh, the rudder is unseen and it's small and yet it's incredibly powerful. I sort of view that as the role of a wife and a mum. You know, a lot of times the work that we're doing is unseen. God sees, God knows, God's directing, but it's unseen by, I don't know, a lot of people. Even sometimes the work we're doing as a mum is even unseen by us, you know, like we're not really aware of the impact that our words or our actions are really having. And that can be for the good and the bad. Um, so, yeah, I, I definitely uh, have probably, as I, as I sit and grow older, I'm 67 now, our kids range from uh, 30 to 45. Uh, I've got that time and I'm post in the trenches raising kids and, uh, yeah, I, I can see that uh, probably my role has been the rudder. There are so many different stages of motherhood. First of all, I don't know how you survived five boys in your, <laughs> your gaggle of children. I have two girls, and I'm not sure how I made it this far. But during those different seasons, I think that often, you know, when we have infants, we say, oh, when they're when they're older, when they're in their adolescence, this will be easier. And then adolescence comes with its set of issues. Yeah. And we go all the way through. And then we think, oh, when they're adults, things will be so much easier. And then adult children have their own set of worries and concerns that weigh on our heart. How do you... Just trust God. Because we've lived a little bit on the edge at different times of our lives and probably because I have been pushed, um, I haven't sort of necessarily chosen um, a comfortable route, I've, I've, I've had to lean into God and I have seen him be faithful and be good even in the hard times. I've seen his hand. And I think if you can see his hand on your life, 
uh, directing you, leading you, strengthening you, giving you peace. And sometimes you can see his hand in more dramatic circumstances than that, you know, healing, providing, um, just the way that you things fall together and you think this this couldn't have, this this had to be God. But when you see those things, it enables you to grow and to trust more. And uh, I think I've definitely over um, the 45 years uh, that I've been a mum and the 31 years that we've been in America, I have seen the hand of God active in our lives. And so uh, I, I find it my continual, he is my continual go-to, you know, like you, you meet a bit of a storm or you meet a bit of a valley or you're feeling down or you're feeling weak or you're feeling concerned or anxious about something, he's my immediate go-to. There are some things that you say, just the way you have certain inflections or a tone of your voice that makes me feel like I'm interviewing Rebecca in the future. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's so lovely. She's just such a sweet person to get to talk to. Are there times where in your different children you have seen little flecks of yourself and you can appreciate that? Oh, definitely. Definitely. Different elements in different kids. And, and maybe not all of them are mine, but my, I had a very strong mum growing up. I mean, she could have done anything she put her hand to. She was artistic. She was uh, organised. She was a high achiever or just an active person. And I see her a lot in some of my kids. I see some of her in Rebecca, I see some of her in Joel, um, in uh, a younger son, Josh, who manages for King Country. I see me more in the, in the gentleness and thoughtfulness of a Luke. And uh, to some degree, I, yes, I see me and Rebecca in that way too. You know, I walked very closely with Rebecca uh, during her active years of performing for um Close to 20 years, you know, I was one of her best friends. And that influence that uh, is there is definitely strong. And uh, the bond that we have is definitely strong. And then in my younger kids or some of the other kids, I have um, my youngest daughter, Libby, uh, partners with me in uh, running this sort of farm, this menagerie of animals. And uh, I see me and her in her love for animals and outside. Be careful about judging people by what you see on the outside. Sometimes there's much more lurking below the surface. I wrote a book called Kelly Tough, and in this season, I was the furthest thing from tough. Like, I was down on my knees, broken, and I was just like, I can't be strong anymore. Like, I need to allow myself to be weak. And I think that's such a God thing that God brought me to a place where I needed to rely on His strength and not my own. That's Erin Kelly, daughter of Buffalo Bills Hall of Famer Jim Kelly. You can hear more from Erin and her mom, Jill, on episode 77 of Therese Talk, Hunter, Hope, and the Holidays. Helen Smallbone is the mother of Rebecca St. James and Luke and Joel of For King and Country. She's also the author of Behind the Lights. Do you wish that you could have had just more time to stop and enjoy the moments? And if there were moments that you kind of earmarked as, 
oh, this is one I want to remember. What would that be? Because just having seven kids is a busy time. Having kids also in the entertainment industry is a busy time. And then being married to your husband, who is like the dreamer of all (laughs) dreamers, uh, that is a busy time. Were there moments where you could just stop for a second and say, I want to remember this, Lord? I think in every mum's life, we have those precious moments. And uh, I I had a bit of an inspiring, uh, I don't know, thought come to my mind when actually Rebecca was only a couple of years old, when I realised that the incidents that happen through the day that you want to sort of tell your husband when he comes home from work, sometimes I would forget them or you see your mum and dad and you just say, hey, guess what Rebecca did? Oh gosh, what was it? You know, how did it come? And I realised I was missing and forgetting some of those precious moments. So what I did when Rebecca was very young, probably uh, I'd say under two, maybe two, I started an individual sort of journal for each of the kids um, in, in what I would put in it. And I, I felt like I didn't want them to miss the moments of their childhood. In the evenings when they were in bed, I would pull the journal was always next to our bed. I had one for each child. Um, I included sort of a summary of my memories of their birth first days home, how siblings reacted. But what I included in this, um, what I called was like a diary for each of the kids, was the incidents that you want to tell somebody. You know, like when your husband comes home, what you want to tell him. And I would try and write those in these books. Obviously, as we got further down the line, I don't think when I started, I was expecting to have seven kids. It did get an arduous chore, not just a delight. But my idea was that when they turned 21, they entered adulthood, I would give them this book. They never read it before. They never really, I mean, they might have had snippets, but they didn't really know what I'd put in it. And that I would give them this book and that it would help them remember some of the special incidents of their life. And the other thing that I did, and sometimes I wasn't as faithful in the day-to-day journaling that I, I probably should have been or could have been, But what I would also do when they turned a new birthday would do a summary of who they are at that time. And so even if I missed some of the other things, I got some pretty precious memories in those summaries. And you know what's really fascinating? And this is something I would have definitely forgotten. Luke read back on when he was reading his book after he got it when he was 21. He realised that my journal entry for him when he was four years old um, said that he, when he grew up, he wanted to be a singer and a drummer. And there it is. <laughs> and there it is. And that's basically what he's doing in Fakian country. So don't underestimate what our preschoolers <laughs> say, because sometimes I think God does plant them in mm. them, that calling from a very young age, and they know who they are and, and where they're going. But it was uncanny. And it was something that if I hadn't have done these journals, Um, I would never have remembered. Anyone could look at your family on the cover of a book or an album or the internet and say everything in the small bone clan is just perfect. In your Mm. book, though, you have chosen to share some moments where things were not perfect Uh, early in your marriage when when you and your husband would uh, would have arguments about things where there were frustrating times where you obviously would lean on God. But it's important that in 
the public image that we have, we also know that you're real people. How did you decide what to share and what not? And how important was it to be real and not put on a pretense that everything is perfect for your family? Well, for one, uh, Therese, if you know me, I'm I'm real. I'm honest. I'm probably blatant. I'm, I'm, I, my kids say I'm in their face. And I, I don't see myself as that, but I just, life's too short to uh, mully around in pretense. And uh, we can't learn from one another if we're not open and honest and vulnerable. The one thing I love about Celebrate Recovery and the recovery ministries is that they, they let it out. They, they tell who they are. And the, we've got to stop putting on these pretenses of um, everything's rosy, everything's good, um, and uh, and live, I think, in reality. Um, and and as we do so, we actually uh, become more connected with one another, and we become uh, more reliant on who God is. I suppose I had to lean into God's direction on what I wanted to include, but I definitely did not wish to come across as a perfect family, because we are not, we are not the perfect family. I don't think there ever is a perfect family. We hurt one another. We have to practice forgiveness. We have to uh, lean into each other's strengths and weaknesses. We have to give grace. And so I, I wanted to be open and honest about the hard times about, because then it encourages other people. My purpose for this book really was to encourage other families, other mums, other dads on their journeys to look to Jesus, to what I deem live outside the box, live counterculturally, live a little differently, don't look like everybody else, to trust God and to follow him even when it doesn't make sense. And to do that and to encourage others, I had to paint uh, reality the interesting thing about it is it's not just my story. It's a story about our whole family. And obviously I include the backgrounds of a lot of what um, went on in Rebecca's life. I include a chapter on our youngest daughter, Libby. I include um, the setup of for King Country and Joel and Luke in the story. Um, I got to the end of it and I was reading it to my husband just to see if he had anything to add or um, I don't know any comments, what comments he had. And I got a little gun shy actually. And I was like, you know what? This is not just my stories. This is all our story. I really wonder whether I need to just send the, the script or the copy to the kids and just have them read and particularly those who are more actively mentioned. And my co-author came back and said, no, don't you dare. This is your memoir. They're going to remember differently. They're going to change what you remember. Um, this is your memories. Um, and so the kids never saw what I wrote until it was published. And uh, even to this day, um, uh, I would say maybe half have read it, maybe some have read snippets of it. I, I encouraged Libby to read the chapter on her in case she had anybody come up and say, wow, gosh, what, <laughs> I wanted her to know what I'd said. So, yeah, it's, it's definitely been an interesting journey. There's a lovely picture of your whole family on Christmas Day 2020. Do you have any idea of the kind of legacy you've created? Probably not. I think uh, 
we, both David and I, were, were given very strong legacies from our parents. It's a privilege uh, to have been able to be faithful to what they left us. It's, it's a privilege to now sit back in these uh, more senior years and watch God use the kids. And I, I, I'm, my, my life first, particularly after writing the book and realising all that God has done, is really Ephesians 3.20 that says uh, for here now for his glory and through his strength, he can do much, much more than anything we could ask or even imagine. And that's a paraphrase. I could never have imagined that God would do the work that he has done in our lives and in our children's lives. And I am very humbled by the fact that Rebecca impacted in her 20 years of doing music, she impacted a generation of young women. And now those young women are mums and the boys are impacting that second generation of, uh, of young people. And that is a very humbling thought. I find so beautiful, and I'm reminded of it often by the way music impacts people's lives and how you guys in radio, et cetera, where you're promoting and playing music. I, I, I believe that sound is, is God's heavenly sort of language. And music is a part of that. And the way that the Holy Spirit can anoint a song and that when it's played, it touches to the core of someone's being is just, it's very humbling and a very beautiful thing to be able to see the music and the creativity that have been given to our kids uh, to see it really impacting people's lives is, is it's, it's just the best. You can connect with Helen's book, Behind the Lights, when you go to the show notes for this episode of Therese Talk. If you've enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe. You might even want to share the link with a friend. And if you really loved it, consider making a gift to Family Life, the ministry this podcast is a part of. Just go to familylife.org and find out more about what we do. Did you know Family Life offers a variety of podcasts? Get up to date with Family Life news or enjoy some family time with Family Life kids. There's The Calling, a Family Life original podcast for pastors that focuses on the personal and professional challenges they face in their mission to serve the Lord. They're all free and on demand at familylife.org slash podcast.